Hello world, welcome to another episode of The Meaning of What. The first of all, I'd like to thank you for the great feedback I've had of the first three episodes that I've recorded. I currently have two recordings and hope to get another recording done today in the afternoon, if not tomorrow. And here is an episode that I recorded with Kira Agula. Kira is an artist, a nomadic artist currently in Berlin, trying to find her way in this world as an artist in the midst of this pandemic. She had a lot of great, interesting things to say, and I really enjoyed having this conversation with her. And so without any further ado, put your feet up and enjoy. Kira, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Sam. Thank you. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you. Another beautiful day in paradise. And where is paradise right now? <laughs> uh, right now it happens to be in Berlin, but I'm sure it exists where you are as well. Yeah, Paris, par- uh, Paris? paradise, I suppose it exists everywhere, doesn't it? I guess so, a little bit, a little bit for everyone. <laughs> it's where the heart takes you. Oh wow, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so why don't we start by um, telling a little bit about yourself um, and the sort of art you're practicing right now or right now sort of of late of recent Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the right words to use (laughs) well um, I'm a painter I suppose currently living and working here in Berlin uh Yes, my work has been a mad, mad journalism, in a way, being in a new place, relatively new, because I've been here for some months now. But, um, yeah, kind of uh, lots of note-taking, turning into, turning into dreamscape paintings, in a way. Yeah. So would you say dreamscape paintings are, are your sort of style? Um and you're inspired a lot by your surroundings. For sure, yeah. I take a lot of notes. You know that, you know me. <laughs> I have like, just like lots of notes and those kind of all feed into what end up as being like actual realized things, pieces of work. So yeah, I guess, yeah, escapes. Yeah. Um, so you're currently in Berlin and um, I know you're inspired by your surroundings and I know that you move around a lot. So um, do you think um, the way that you got into your art was um, what made you, I suppose I'm asking what inspired you to want to um, make art in the first place? Was it the fact that you uh, had lots of surroundings that you found very inspiring? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I can't really like pinpoint a time where it would have been like, okay, that's it. I want to create things for a living. I can't, I don't know. I think it was just like, it's always like there and you kind of start doing things and it just like manifests, it builds up. I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah. I'm sure moving create... around definitely like affects that maybe. But I'm yeah. sure staying stagnant could also, <laughs> in a way. Yeah, I suppose staying stagnant can inspire art, but it can also inspire a lot of boredom. Maybe madness. But, and madness. Yeah. <laughs> that can also inspire art. Yeah. I think boredom can inspire art, maybe. Actually, I were you, that, yeah. Were you creative as a child? Were you Was there always this creative streak? Or um, was it as you started to grow older, you wanted to caption time? Um... I think all kids are probably creative. All people are creative. It's just whether it like is taken to be something serious or just something like passing. So I think uh, maybe I was took it seriously at the right time, and then it became something. So yeah, it just grew a bubble. And grew. I like the. Um attitude you have towards how it, how it grew like um like it's a plant 
<laughs> it's almost like a big accident actually it's like how did this happen how did i end up here just like creating things i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> what was it that um so you um so you studied fine art at um uca didn't you in canterbury i did yes and um during that time you lived in a lot of places around the world am i right mm, yes so i want to ask what inspired you to think i want to um stay in one place and make art for three whole years <laughs> um rather than travel the world and sort of see all these different places um the boring old answer of just having to like ha get a degree <laughs> thanks to whatever not like having to but you know having to in a way to be able to you sort of be felt taken seriously to be able to get work to be able to do all those kinds of things yeah yeah and kind of like start it was a good time if you i mean like i would never know how to do things otherwise like it would never occur to me that i could just like sit down and make something and that could be a life so going to uni, you realize like, oh, I can, this is actually like, you know, what people do in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose if you don't question things, you kind of think, oh, people are doing degrees. What do I want to do in my degree? Yeah. Um, I often I often look back and think if I could do it again I'd do this degree or that degree yeah. but I did my degree in art and now I don't have funding for <laughs> any more study oh man and I think I think of lots of ideas I could do a degree in this or that yeah I think for me it's a good like starting point having like a or I don't know think about it a lot as well I don't know if uh, it's wrong to say to like regret uni but it's also what a weird thing you're right to be in one place for three years and just like doing stuff Wow. yeah there's no regrets of university i like for me anyway i enjoyed every minute of it yeah. i think it was an amazing experience not just for the result at the end but for the um segment of life um cut out so that you can just yeah study and see what you want to do that's what it I is it's that's... just pure freedom isn't it you just have a time and a space and it's like dude yeah that's valuable still looking for that in the real world outside of uni trying to find the same thing <laughs> just the freedom to do stuff yeah it's kind of um crazy when you get out of university and you get thrown into the the whirlpool of the um of of the hustle and bustle of the abyss life, <laughs> yeah what was it the sorry abyss the abyss yeah the the abyss of life you're another another human amongst eight billion <laughs> humans and you've got to find your place in this universe and uh um so what sort of um what was um i know that you I keep mentioning, referring to the fact that you've lived in a lot of places. Um, do you have any specific country that you would say that you're from or would you say that you're sort of like you've sort of grown up nomadic? <laughs> yeah, I suppose nomadic. My parents are nomads and they kind of, uh, well, then I became one as well, thanks to them. But um, where am I? I mean... Yeah, I didn't even introduce where I'm from. I, I think I don't even say it usually. My mother's Hungarian. My father is American-born, Uruguayan by blood. And Uruguayan? Yeah. Uh, where is that? South America. <laughs> oh, okay. That my, um, my geography is absolutely terrible. And um, one day I need to look at a globe because... Uh, I... I've always wanted a globe. Globes are really cool things to have. <laughs> yeah i i um i got one for my dad for christmas last year okay. and um when it came i was i was so ashamed because I, I i looked one up on the internet I, and um you know 
spent a good amount of money because I thought he's really going to love this globe. And when it came, there was like um, the surface of the globe. It just looked a bit tacky. And I was like, I was so disappointed. (laughs) But he was still really pleased with his globe and he still has it now. He's got it on a shelf with a little light behind it. That's such a nice thing to have. My God. Yeah, I need one too. (laughs) But um, one day I just need to study it because I still... um, I still hear hear of countries that I've literally never heard of, and I think I am so ignorant in in my in my cozy um, apartment in in wherever I am, like like right now Liverpool. But usually, I've, I grew up in the south. But um, yeah, I'm I'm so ignorant. No, it happens. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool to like hear of places, you know, where places are. It's interesting. So, what sort of countries did you grow up in? Was there any countries you were in for a long time, or were and were what was that like? Yeah, the longest two where I really like actually like properly grew up in, uh, in between Hong Kong for like the younger half of my childhood, and then Frankfurt, Germany for like high school times. Yeah. So okay. between those, it was a weird, weird mix, weird time to like travel from one to the next, and then, but uh, but it was a cool place in the end, like to be in the in Germany and back in Europe. Yeah. Did it? Um, did you spend much time in in um, Uruguay and uh, other places? What sort of places? What was the shortest amount of time you spent living somewhere? Ooh. <laughs> my family lived for nine months in Hawaii that oh, was wow. a good one <laughs> I mean I was like three or four it was right before moving to Hong Kong and my family moved for like uh, for work on my, my dad's part and basically moved there got a place to live had to fix the place because there were these like mites in the houses I don't know if it's still the case but it was in Honolulu and the houses were like made basically like plywood like MDF boards and it was like infested so they had to like re like fix the walls of this place little like cardboard house (laughs) fix the place I started going to elementary not even even elementary like kindergarten or something um and then within nine months got picked up and moved again we moved to Hong Kong wow um that seems really cool that's um... the shortest one yeah (laughs) yeah and you were too young, obviously, to know like you're living in Hawaii. Yeah. That's like... <laughs> no clue. It was just cool. I remember my neighbor had a swing set. That's chill. <laughs> I feel like Hawaii is the paradise island. It's the one that pops into everyone's head when you say paradise. Yeah. Like everyone thinks of Hawaii. It's an island in the middle of like the sea, far from <laughs> anywhere. And in all the movies, like people get off the plane and they have. Uh, instantly have like a flowery necklace put over their neck <laughs> or something it's like the archetype of a, a paradise I suppose. i'm sure it's um, very different in reality <laughs> i know but it had my parents had a lot of issues with like having to move there and having two like young kids but i don't know that was also like 10 years yeah. ago so who knows? yeah how how big is um hawaii actually is it like um i mean you probably don't lots know of little islands. because you lived there when yeah. you were three. <laughs> it's it's yeah, lots, of yeah, lots of islands. We were on Honolulu, but I don't even know exactly. Where. Yeah, because I I never think about the fact that like Hawaii. I don't think many people think about the fact that Hawaii is, as well as like this paradise island that everyone thinks of. It's probably got like the offices and the hustle <laughs> and bustle and people living their daily probably, lives. Yeah. Um, it's uh, um, people going to work. But yeah, it's it. like outside of the. Yeah, my dad went to work <laughs> in a hotel every day. People, people do things there apart from lounge on the beach, but I'm sure it's nice. <laughs> Should go back, really. Yeah, that does seem a great idea. I'd love to. I, I I'd love to go to Hawaii to one day just to just to see it just to have been <laughs> might never come back that's the problem <laughs> yeah i'll find a job in a bar shaking cocktails <laughs> and be like, i can i can ride it out from here 
live the rest For of sure. my life. I've definitely talked about that yeah. with my parents before. Like, man, how different would our lives be if we'd not moved from, like, such a hectic move right away from there? Like, if we'd all grown up <laughs> in, in Hawaii together, how insane would that be? I tell them, like, man, what a mistake for you guys to leave. <laughs> it could be so cool. What was it that made you leave in the end? Um, um, my dad just got a just new the next? Uh, job. He was working in a hotel, and at that point, they offered him a job that was kind of like, uh, you know, like a good good thing for him. So it was kind of like, yeah, it's just worth having to do the move all over again within nine months. <laughs> yeah. So is that sort of how how you ended up um, becoming nomadic, like sort of your dad being in the hotel business um, and you sort of grew up hopping from place to place? Uh, yeah, and my dad grew up that way as well. So it's already, I'm, I'm the second generation. Uh, <laughs> my wow. dad's dad also worked in hotels and at the same in the same kind of way where it's like you know they open a hotel somewhere you got to go and be there and live there for a while and then you move on and do something else yeah you have quite a good attitude about it because then i know some people when they moved around a lot as a child they kind of um they kind of uh don't like that because they think they want to find one place and get used to it and make friends and not and no and not have to like lose all their friends every every year or so so you have quite a good attitude towards um yeah like what was it what was it like hopping around for you as a child like did you did you ever have any trouble with that no nah. <laughs> no nah, i mean of course yeah when I was like 12 and I moved to Frankfurt, that was the most insane thing coming from a city and then moving to like a little town outside of the city of Frankfurt where like where we lived. That was like, that was mad, <laughs> super weird. And yeah, of course it's like, at the time it's like weird or maybe like disruptive, but man, in hindsight, um, grateful for, grateful for all of them. So remind me again where Frankfurt is. Is that um, sort of to the west, west Germany? West, west yeah. Germany. So that's so that's more um, countryside. Area well, it's a big than, city. Than it's like city. a big like financial capital of Europe. So it is like skyscrapers. A wholly totally new uh, city, like new buildings. Okay. Um, but yeah. And you? Yeah, said- like you know, one of the places that didn't survive the war and uh, like everything is uh new pretty much oh yeah like I yeah about the <laughs> fact that everything in germany is yeah is, um new. i've got a nice building in front of me in the window that's old and it looks like you can tell usually by the chimneys whether it was like pre or post world war Two. yeah you kind of get that going through london sometimes you'll see like um like a row of like old houses and then like a, a stopping point and then like a really yeah. modern bit and then a, a an old a, another row of old houses again and you're like oh that's where one that's when where a missile touched yeah. down um, oh yeah there's a place really close to to here actually where it's like a little park and there's a big crater and I, someone told me once walking through it that i didn't know for ages that there was like where a massive like bombshell or some shit was I don't even know what what could create such a thing was like a the big like indent in the ground yeah and it's just wow. a park there's just like a little trail going through and people are like playing around in this park and it's insane to be like <laughs> so it's like built up now with like a layer of asphalt no, it's grass it. it's like a grassy plain yeah oh right like an inner city park kind of thing it's really cute <laughs> <laughs> Something really cute from something so um, exactly. devastating. Wow. <laughs> so, in um, you're in Germany now. Um, what's you? Are you um, working on a project right now in Germany? I told. I remember you telling me about a garage exhibition. Yeah. Well, I basically came here to be uh, where I had a studio for a few months and thought it's a good way to like come out here and during that time where I had like 
some freedom with the having space to work and then find my own place in the end. But during the time where I did have a very nice uh, studio working space, yeah, I showed in a, a garage of a couple that I met through a friend through the studio who do, basically he has a, the man has a sailboat and needs to put the sailboat in a garage to keep it somewhere. So they have a garage really close to where they live in the in Kreuzberg, and uh, they like take it out once in a while and just invite an artist to put on like a little solo show in the garage. Yeah, that's um, that's a bit of a motif for you, isn't it? The um, uh, the exhibitions <laughs> in garages. It's I definitely remember. a weird coincidence. Um, they seem to always be in garages, but <laughs> yeah. Is that is that something you want to keep throughout your art career with um, just garages? <laughs> is it only not purposely, but it's a strange recurrence, and I don't think it'll be the last. <laughs> I'm sure I'll find more garages at some point. It's um quite a cool um, act of rebellion as well, I suppose, because like art is always put on a pedestal um, and you have to like, sort of apply to have your art in a gallery and you're competing against thousands of other artists who are applying to have their work in a gallery. But if, if um, four or five people can put their money together and rent out a garage. Yeah. Make your own you white can, cube. You can and it totally an was a white cube. It's, you know, like it is a garage, but we, it's like white walls, concrete floor. And we made it like the the white cube, but it's just a garage. Yeah, <laughs> totally possible. I yeah, should do it. <laughs> so the white cube. That's um, I know that's like a gallery in London. There's two or three of them there. Is that? Are there white cubes all over the world? Well, just the idea like, of like a like gallery actual... being a white cube, like playing with that, where it's just like the sterile um... environment. But yeah. Okay, so was it? It was very sort of um, Apple style. Um, oh yeah. Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I made a specific painting for the garage so that it was like a two and a half by another two and a half meter wall in the back, and I just made one painting to fit that exact wall, and then had like little scraps all around it, a lot of stuff. So. Did it wedge in there? Like, if it <laughs> I had to take it exact... apart because it was a stretched canvas. It... I took it apart, got in the garage, and then had to reassemble this canvas. And it was also really fresh, and I gave it maybe like a couple or a few days to for oil paint to dry, which is a classic rookie mistake. But <laughs> basically, it was like all smudged as well, which is great. I loved it. So the there's idea. a lot of obstacles. <laughs> oh, yeah. When when you said garage, I sort of thought like um, like just an old garage that used to have a car in it, and the bricks are still showing, and there's yeah, oil it's brick on the walls, floor. For sure, yeah. there's brick walls. But um, it's like like a, it was like a, in a courtyard. All bricks there or one bit missing? Sorry. That it is like yeah, like brick brick garage, concrete and brick, but it was in like a courtyard of a like apartment complex or whatever like buildings. Where you go, you go in where like there would be cars and bikes and stuff, and there's just a, like a freestanding garage on the side of there. Really strange, really cool. <laughs> that sounds cool. It sounds like um, the best kind of art that I like. I mean, I love going to art galleries, but um, after about forty minutes, I'm sort yeah. of galleried out, and then the people I'm in there with are like, "I want to carry on looking around the the gallery." <laughs> Like, um, I don't know about if um, the Tate Modern, but I, I walk around two or three parts of it, of the Tate Modern in London. and Yeah, that place is exhausting. Um, I, I've had enough. You're just like mentally exhausted after that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's basically like a hub for art. Yeah. It's an art hub. And um, you could you could spend all day in there and not see it or and especially now with the massive extension i've not even explored the began to explore the massive extension the only bit i've explored of that extension in tape modern is at the top mm. with the view and you look oh yeah out. we've had a beer at the bar there 
Yeah, oh, we did, insane. didn't we? What a strange oh, thing to remember. do. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, but it's a good it's a good bar there actually. I mean, I think the best part of any gallery is usually the bar. <laughs> um, you know, you can look at as much yeah. art as you like, but nothing's more inspiring than sitting at a bar and just talking about nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's an overpriced Tate modern art beer. I remember sitting there. We, that was a great view. I think we were yelling about something as well, for sure. Creating a ruckus. I remember a heated debate about something. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. At each other? No, like, <laughs> good, good, the good kind of yelling. But just the, the kind that's oh, unwelcome okay. in the Tate bar. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Still... Just, just Probably. passionately talking, but every, everyone's Pretty looking school. around. Like, Keep it down. You're in an art gallery. There's no room for no. freedom here. <laughs> there is a certain. I think. I feel like there is a certain um, um, snobbiness uh, when that when it comes to art galleries and stuff. I'm not saying everyone in a art gallery is a snob, but I mean. If there's any snob in you, an art gallery can <laughs> help that shine. Yeah, for sure. can bring it out in anyone. Yeah. I think the best one was the bar that we went to afterwards. Um, we went down oh, yeah. outside and that bar just along the um, yeah. the, the Thames. We... We went there and had about five more <laughs> yeah, drinks there, didn't we? Oh, what a good night. <laughs> I miss London so much. And then I remember trying to have like a meaningful goodbye with you, but also like having to instantly go to oh, get, yeah, catch I the last that. train. Leaving. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and on top of that, I was really drunk and uh, needed, <laughs> needed a wee. Good times. But that... That's got to be a good bar in London. I mean, it's London, so it's London <laughs> prices. But um, if you're going to pay London prices, go to that yeah, bar, I, I think. Um, right by Blackfriars. I don't know the name of it, but anyone <laughs> listening, it's right by Blackfriars. It's on the river. It's got a great view. And at night, it's just a lovely bar to go to. Solid advice. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this um, exhibition that you did, is it still ongoing now or uh, do you have plans on doing more in the future? Um, how is it with the lockdown out there too? Like, was the, um, was it a social distance it was, exhibition? Yeah. Um, well, it's like, uh, it was semi-outdoors, like apart from when you're in the garage, as long as there weren't like 30 people in the little garage at the same time, it's like outdoors in like the courtyard of the building. So, so it was, 30? No, like as long as like people. everyone didn't pile into the little garage at the same time, and we were like standing outside and around it, so it was it was corona friendly at the time. Yeah. But now even even that wouldn't be allowed anymore. It's stricter now. No, no big get-togethers. Yeah, the the rules, the rules keep loosening and tightening yeah. and loosening and tightening, don't they? Um. Uh, but I hope there will be more and um. The gallery I was living at, where I had a studio, will have a show eventually in the new year, a group show to kind of like solidify my time spent there and a couple other artists' time spent there making work in that little place. Because, yeah, it's not just not possible now. They're also like galleries are still allowed to be open, but they're considered like an alternative art space that they don't qualify as a gallery somehow. So they have to close. Yeah, sucks for that. Oh, but... so only galleries get to be open. And yeah, the... no museums, no no project spaces and stuff like that. Yeah, no oh, museums. Not even museums. Because they're so big, you think like. <laughs> I never see people in museums yeah, anyway. Like usually only like three people in there anyway. Yeah, I mean, as much as I don't really like museums only due to being dragged around museums constantly as a child. 
um, because my parents felt the need to ring every <laughs> last plaque on every wall. Um, and but but I still I still love museums as much as I hate them because like um, especially mm. science museums, um, um, especially when there's like interactive stuff because like you learn whilst you play <laughs> and have fun. And I'm such a child that I can't learn in any other way. Um, but that's crazy that museums are, are closed. I don't actually know what the situation is over here. I know that there's tier one, tier two, tier three. Um, I don't think anything, I don't think any mm. galleries are open. Yeah, the ministers of Deutschland are getting together this week to rediscuss new rules, but I think it'll just get crazier. Yeah. Yeah, that's um. I don't um actually know about any other countries, but I know in England, we're being given yeah. so many different rules all the <laughs> I've time. I've seen all the memes. Yeah, all make no sense. <laughs> yeah, all the memes as well. Um, I I mean the crazy part is the um. they they we're given mm. this rule of six. And um, when you look at the logistics of it, it will spread the virus even more because it means families will have to split up mm. to go and meet people. You know, if there's two families of four, three from each can go and meet up. The other two could meet up and meet four <laughs> other people from somewhere else. Science. Um, it's all science. I don't fam. know if that's still <laughs> happening anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's still happening anymore, but like it, it was ridiculous because it spreads the virus more and then we weren't allowed our own discretion. I think I think um, the government should have given guidelines and said you can also have your own discretion, but instead there's these rules that spread the virus more. And, and yeah. um, at this point, it just needs to be some other solution apart from lockdown because it's not good for anyone really. But I won't pretend yeah. that I know what's best because I, um, I do not. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I have no idea what's best either. I think every um, every government in the world right now has never done this before, and some are doing a good job, and some are doing a terrible job, and some could be taking mm. advice from other governments. But I mean, ideally, we could say. What if there was a global lockdown for three weeks, no ifs, no buts, stay indoors, and it would be gone. But you know, <laughs> we know that would <laughs> that not. would not happen. <laughs> you you would not get seven. Well, was it you that told to me? Indoors, Maybe this is appropriate for your podcast. But the the thing about uh, chlamydia that if everyone just didn't have sex for like three days in the whole world then chlamydia would be eradicated. Or someone said that to me. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, um, I've heard, uh, I think it was a comedian um, that said it, that like there's a, to clear clear up chlamydia, it's like a three-day process. <laughs> so if everyone in the world didn't have <laughs> sex for three days. It's just it's, it's <laughs> impossible to ask, you know. <laughs> the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's there's, a, there's going to be somebody out there like hi. <laughs> but yeah, that was I can't remember the name of the comedian because that's not my um, that's not my joke. But yeah. it's secondhand information, <laughs> and I want to. Someone out there will know and be like, at least at <laughs> least they know that I'm not taking credit for that. But I. I love those sort of things, like when you think this is theoretically possible and physically possible, <laughs> but in possible. reality, <laughs> uh, yeah, logistically impossible. Um, like especially in the um, more densely populated areas and the um, poorer countries as well. Um, where people are living out on the streets, you can't exactly say, hey, get indoors. They, they don't have a, a place indoors to live. Um, and I know the less densely populated areas, I think it was 
I can't remember if it was Switzerland or Sweden, but one of them countries, they never actually had a lockdown. They just social distanced and uh, most people wore masks. And because they were such a non, not densely populated country, um, the, 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 the results just went right down and they, they managed to keep on top of their, mm. of the virus, you know? Um, but yeah, I suppose that's just agriculture 101, overpopulation leads to, um, well, not overpopulation, but overly dense population. Mm-hmm. Yo, we're Hello. back. <laughs> we cut out for a little bit just then. Um, so we are back, ready to carry on talking, I suppose. Nice. Um, so where were we just now? What were we just talking about? It's been about five minutes, hasn't it? Um, yeah, we were talking about the present. <laughs> the present. Let's talk about the um, future then, because uh, basically I wanted to ask you what your plans are for the um, uh, future, as much as uh, I'd say foreseeable future, but not much of the future is foreseeable at the moment with uh, the whole pandemic. Yeah, that's true. I guess everyone's just on hold, but still making plans you know as a as an artist um do you plan on developing your practice more um or do you want to put out exhibitions as soon as you can as soon as there's any alleviation of the lockdown yeah i mean just kind of like i don't know bunkered inside and then just like developing things i have no idea how things will (laughs) pan out whether it's going to be exhibitions or what it's weird because you in a city but then also don't really have like the right the same network as when things would be open and you're meeting people so it's weird i don't know and plans are just like floating they'll they'll get stapled down eventually yeah I certainly did not answer your question with that. <laughs> I was, um, I was, I was trying to find the answer in in that <laughs> sentence. Um, but I suppose, yeah, it's sort of see how it goes with with all this uncertainty. Um, do you do you plan on uh, staying as an artist, or um, is there something else tempting you, luring you in? Um, mm, I'm always being tempted. In all directions. <laughs> I think I come up with an entirely new career every day. I want to I wanna be a physicist. A physicist? Yeah, but I need to reteach myself basic maths in order to do that. <laughs> and would you ditch art to do that? Or... No, I think they go hand in hand. They're the only two real ways to explain everything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I still have work around here working like random odd jobs when they appear for for the fashion worlds so just like staying film that's the future plan so that's something we've not um mentioned actually you um you do a lot of um modeling for the the uh fashion world um could you tell us a bit about that like it is do you have any um creative say in any of it or do you work with more um, I know that you like to work with the more creative um, people. Uh... Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm, like, involved or feel involved. Other times I'm, I'm not. It's always different. It's always interesting. And I kind of just do, like, whatever I have time for and whatever I need. So it's not really, like, always the main thing, which is probably good because it keeps me distant from the madness of what the fashion industry has to offer. Um, but it's cool. I mean, meet a lot of creative people. They definitely didn't realize the potential in it for a long time, and I kind of didn't enjoy it so much. But um, at least I meet interesting, interesting folk all around the globe. They exist. Yeah. 
um, um, what kind of uh, fashion uh, is it that, that um, you sort of model for? I mean, when I say that, like, um, I know that you've done a lot of high-end fashion before. Um, do you do a lot of up-and-coming brands? Uh, uh, it totally and- depends on, like, whatever, <clears throat> whatever job is, like, there. It's not really, like... Uh, I mean, you like pick and choose, but my agencies do that, and I kind of just uh, whatever, whatever. So you can't particularly be fussy or. Well, just fussy and like keeping like a nice level, or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I miss London for that reason because London has a bunch of amazing like, or like there's really like the structure that helps younger designers and like upcoming people really like do well and like get taken seriously. You don't really see that in other other cities. Here, for sure, but there's not really that much, like, it's not so big in Berlin as it is, like, in London. Yeah, I, I know that fashion is under um, a lot of fire at the minute with, um, there's this anti-fashion um, movement, I suppose, where... Anti-fast fashion, of- yeah. Yeah, we want to get rid of fast fashion, but also a lot of people hate the big brands because, um, you know, clothes are selling for ridiculous prices. Yeah. Um, but then when it's easy to do that. It's easy to grab your pitchfork and put on your boots and join the march. But um, nobody thinks about the uh, the actual fashion designer who's not in it for the money, but actually has... Um, a creative eye and a passion for um for for uh... i think like london especially and like schools are churning out really conscious designers these days it's almost like a prerequisite like if you want to be a designer in 2020 you've got to be like aware of those things you can't just be wasteful and making weird shit but uh yeah i think we talked about that last time i was in london that when the the uh, Extinction Rebellion protests were going on, they wanted to cancel it in Fashion Week in Ohio. Mad respect, of course, but like London is the one city of all the Fashion Week cities that really like pushes younger artists or younger designers, all of whom usually, especially these days, are fully conscious and being as green as possible, using recycled materials and stuff like that. So. So it was a bit like, I don't know, weird situation where they were kind of maybe shooting the wrong people down. Yeah, I feel like um, a lot of people go to a protest before without doing prior research. I mean, I've got, like uh, like you said, a mad respect for the Extinction Rebellion movement. Um, but sometimes you've got to go, okay, let's step back and... Um, think of who we're firing at yeah for sure <laughs> um because i also love um fashion i feel like i'm like my own personal fashion designer <laughs> i could never like design for other um people i'm not I, I, I don't mean i could never i just um that's not in my yeah. interest to be a fashion designer but like when i pick out my clothes i, I like buying um older like recycled shirts i'm down for that movement that's a movement you should start everyone should be their own fashion designer (laughs) and people can only wear clothes that they made themselves that'd be hilarious (laughs) it'd be great what a world what an insane world that would be just like that little the little unnecessary thing of dressing yourself every morning but make it weird (laughs) <laughs> then what happens to the fashion designers after that? Because Fuck them, they can just dress themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they can just dress themselves. Yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> I suppose it's easy once, if everyone was their, their own fashion designer, it's easy for somebody to be like, okay, well, I, I'm going to dress like this and try and set a trend. And then I'm going to dress you like this because you look cool in this. And, yeah. and then a, <laughs> before you know it, a fashion industry just sprouts up again yeah you know it's like um, (laughs) i feel i feel like all these huge industries that 
um, are like raking in profit left, right, and center, and nothing more than a an organic um, part of civilization that, um, like, if you reset it, it would go back to like it would happen again. Um, yeah, like I, the I suppose... un- unkillable cycle, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, have you ever watched um, the episode of Rick and Morty where they go to that planet where there's a carnage day every year and every every year there's one day where anyone gets to do whatever they want oh I have seen that one they're all civilized and they try to like disrupt it and it just ends up being exactly the same yeah like they they kill all the people that (laughs) um, run it and then say, oh, there's no more Carnage Day. You don't have to do that anymore. We can all live peacefully. And um, then they all get into arguments and they go, guys, guys, why don't we have one day a year to do this? <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of things in our society. Yeah, for sure. It, it's an organic <laughs> entity that sprouts in our civilization. Um, the that's same way it's art. I don't know. If I don't yeah. know. We think of a lot of things like, oh, it's just like human nature. But I don't know if they are interesting yeah in the same way art is sold for millions just because a certain painter a certain artist made that thing it will sell for millions and we think that's so corrupt but it's like but somebody else would be doing it if they weren't you know it's it's like if um like if uh simon cow like quit what he everything he was doing tomorrow somebody else would just come along and take his spot what the hell does simon carl do he's um <laughs> he runs x factor doesn't he oh is that and still going <laughs> he does like um but yeah like he, he just sort of <laughs> makes he, he's just there for the money and like a lot of the industries are sort of bent to his will because like he's like well does it make me money or not <laughs> um but uh it's it's almost like if he if he was never born, then somebody else would be in his exact spot right now. Yeah, um, but we've got no one to blame for that but ourselves because we eat that shit up, mm, like X Factor and American Idol. Yeah, even if we don't watch it's it, it's entirely we watch... our fault that those things. Just, not that they're a bad thing. They just no, funny. it's not a bad thing. It's just <laughs> um, we're at a level in society now where everything is amplified to the extreme um and uh that's a crazy way to look at it all the extremes that's so that's true well um we can't do anything in moderation anymore (laughs) it's always got to be taken way too far yeah even if something is done in moderation even if you do it very very lightly like like so moderated it's very light there's still going to be a million, two million, three million other people in the world doing it ever so moderated, ever so lightly that it still takes up extreme an extreme amount of plastic or whatever. Yeah. Chaos, man. Pure chaos. <laughs> um, so in the future, do you plan to stay in Berlin for your um, art career? Because I know that Berlin is like Hollywood for the art world. Um, <laughs> is that so? <laughs> that's what people say. And I've been there a couple of times and I I do love Berlin and I feel like it is definitely an art city. Mm. Um, but do you, do you plan on staying in Berlin or do you want to bounce soon and carry on being nomadic? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love the city too, for sure. But uh, it's definitely comfortable. Like, it has an extreme amount of comfort. I feel like it's one of those places where if I stay too long, I'll never leave. Like, you'll get stuck and <laughs> never leave. It's just, it's so comfortable. Like, there's nothing that would, like, it's insane. It's crazy, okay? But, you know, everything everything goes. So it's just, you know, like lukewarm water, which is nice, but also good to be, like, freezing cold or too hot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> So That's I'll a, keep a root. I need a metaphor. root. So I definitely need at least one little rootling, one little branch to grow somewhere. Because otherwise, there's uh, there's no home base. But uh, 
but it'll keep moving. Yeah, keep moving for sure. I suppose it's good when you say that one little route. I suppose that is so like when you're when you're fifty, when you're sixty, and you can't keep hopping here and there. Yeah, you'll have to. Um, but yeah, I think that's one thing I'm scared of is like falling asleep at the wheel, as to say. Yeah, um, that's a good way to put it. It's it's um. You, I kind of uh, like I lived in Canterbury for five years, and when I first moved there, I loved it, and I still loved it when I left it. But I also hated it when I left it too, because after five years, you sort of think I'm I'm getting too comfortable. There's a whole world to explore out there. Yeah, for sure. But um. I don't know. The places are like every everywhere is cool as hell. I can't think of anywhere that I've ever been that was like, man, this sucks. I miss Margate for sure. I need to get back to Margate. That is the yeah, ultimate Margate. goal. <laughs> but but yeah, I think I'll be here for a while at least. Margate is definitely um, different from a lot of cities because um, I mean it's being very gentrified at the moment. Um, but right now we're in Margate's in this like mixed situation where there's like a really cool art scene on and then you'll go around the corner and and um, then it's like uh, ridden with poverty as well Um, and there's like a certain amount of irony as well it's like oh we're doing so much for the local community and it's like but the local community um are sort of on the streets and aren't allowed into the art galleries or whatever or <laughs> or probably are allowed but like wouldn't feel welcome because there's this sort of bourgeois sort of um I don't suppose uh what's my point that I'm making? <laughs> I suppose I'm saying that like there's There's uh, no need for a point. I don't believe in that. <laughs> no. no, just just, just keep, keep just keep going. Just keep going. You're on the road. Just keep going straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think with um, with art scene, when there's an art scene, there is always a bourgeois part of it, and you have to be careful not to get wrapped up in in that, and sort of go back to what sort of go back to your roots why why are you doing art why are you um yeah it sounds like i'm talking crap about margate but margate is actually a really <laughs> lovely place i love margate it's the miami beach of england <laughs> <laughs> i miss it so much <laughs> i think it's the first thing i think about every morning whenever i see the sun i'm like man i could be in margate right now except like i can't I've, I've, but um... i could <laughs> I've never been to Miami Beach. Me neither. <laughs> I mean, I suppose Margate is. Um, as close I mean, as I've you been to get. Margate a lot of times. And I enjoy. I really enjoy a day out in Margate, <laughs> but it's. Uh, wow, the, the Miami Beach of. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know what to say about that. The Miami Beach of England. I don't know. I don't know if anyone will agree with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if someone disagreed, they'd have to name somewhere else. You know, I suppose Brighton. Yeah, nice. and I like Brighton as well a lot. But uh, you know. it's Stones. You know, the Stones. The, the Stones fuck it up. <laughs> no, I mean the Stones make Brighton great, but the fact that you can't can't be the Miami Beach because you can't really lay on it comfortably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and the Brighton Beach is um, famous for where the uh, mods and the rockers used to um, go and beat the crap out of each other as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and there was a. Um, have you seen a movie called Quadrophenia? Uh, like the Who album? Oh no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's there's um there's a scene where they have like a massive fight on Brighton Beach and it's got real footage of one of the fights on there. And um, I met 
some guy at an open mic night who was in that fight where the real footage was and he's in there being kicked in the nuts by Sting. What? (laughs) So he claims. (laughs) Wait, how was Sting there? (laughs) I don't know. Um, I think he was one of the uh, mods, maybe? I'm not sure. Or one of the rockers. What would what would Sting be? Would he be one of the mods or one of the rockers? I suppose we'd have to ask him. Um, I don't know which one he'd be. Probably neither. <laughs> just, just there He's for just the violence. There, yeah. <laughs> for the violence. No. <laughs> Actually, I think I saw. Uh, uh, oh, where was it? I don't know. Some kind of interview. Sting talking about his like acid trips or something. So he definitely can't be either. Oh, I remember. Um, I yeah, I think was that on Netflix? It's called Have a Good Trip. Oh yeah, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I saw the sting part. Have you walked into a corridor? Can you hear that I'm in a corridor? <laughs> You've become very echoey. Um, I can yeah, hear footsteps. Yeah, my apologies. I was indeed in a corridor, but I'm no longer in a corridor now. Oh okay. <laughs> Echoey concrete corridor. Um, but yeah, I mean, this guy that said that he was kicked in the nuts by Sting on this um, video, he, he could have been talking absolute bollocks, but you know, <laughs> for the fame. So, so this guy claimed that I met in a open mic night <laughs> and got known for about a year. Man, <laughs> in Canterbury. Um, no, in. Um, where I grew up in, like, St. Mary Cray. So just uh, on the southeast border of London. Um, And, uh, like, yeah, basically he'd sort of grown up in lots of different bands and uh, claimed that he had avoided becoming famous. I should probably get him on the, on the podcast should. one day. He definitely should. Sounds far he more tend- interesting he... than I. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm not. No, no, um... no. But no, I'd love to talk to him as well. I'd want to be one of those like spectators on the podcast for sure. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should find I'd, I'd him. like to do a double podcast at some point. I, ah. I don't mean a double podcast. I mean, I'd love to interview two people at once on a podcast. Maybe after the lockdown, when I can like meet people and uh, um, in life, yeah. Yeah, like actual in, in real life. <laughs> and we'd have to do this again when we can meet in real life, have a couple of beers and uh, literally sit at the table with one another. That'd be amazing. Can't even imagine such things. I know, it's it's strange, isn't it? I don't know if I'd be willing to go back to the pubs when they open either. Like... When, once it's all over and the pub's open, I'm going to go there and it's going to be £4.80 a pint and I'm going to realise literally £4.80 has got me four beers that I can go and drink in the park. I was so used to it. For all this time. Yeah. Um, so what are your plans for your art in the um, future right now? I just want to sort of give the audience a the listeners a sort of idea of what to expect from you when they Mm. um follow you in the future follow me into the future plans i don't know continue continue the mad journalism listening and, and recording and reinterpreting and skewing Is that kind of what art is, is mad journalism? Yeah, sure. I think I heard that. I definitely every artist. I heard that um, someone someone described the author Kathy Acker's work as mad journalism. And I've still stolen that for myself because it's it's great. <laughs> I I quite like Kathy Acker's um well, I've read one of her books and quite enjoyed Ooh. it. It was definitely, yeah, I think that's definitely yeah. bad journalism. Um, so, yeah, so I want, once more entirely did not answer the question. 
I, th- I think it, you tend to um, answer a question with a string of thoughts that we have to sort of derive the answer from. You know, I like to give you a challenge. If I want to give you a straight up answer, that'd be way too easy. <laughs> That's part of your mad journalism, I suppose, it is. isn't it? Although it's a terrible habit to answer questions with questions. <laughs> I've been told by many people that it's a really terrible thing to do and I'm working on it. Yeah, I, I remember asking um, a bus driver how long it's going to take to get somewhere. And he said, how long is a piece of string? Oh, that's that's evil. Why would he do that to you? Yeah. Um, well, he answered me afterwards. Like he said, it would usually take 20 minutes, but we're in traffic, so give it 30 minutes. So. But um, yeah, I suppose answering a question with a question is... Um, it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but you haven't answered any questions with questions. I, I, though, have have you? I not? Because that's been... good. Because I am trying. I'm reforming. Oh, that was, oh, that was nearly a question not, there. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, future plans are just to keep working. Yeah. That's 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 the answer. Just to keep working as long as possible. Keep keep working with your exactly. mad journalism and keep stay floating um, head above the water keep the playful creative mind going and keep put, yes, putting keep out there working 24 hours a day nothing but that it's got to be the priorities <laughs> so kira this brings up to uh, um like i thought i think we can begin to wrap it up now so for the audience for the listeners that would like to see your mad journalism and your creativity and your art, um, as well as some of the fashion that you do, do you want to give us your um, your platform where to where to go to find sure. you? Sure. Do you want me to say it out loud? Spell it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll spell it. Uh, on Instagram, Kira, my name, X. Uh, Aguila, A-G-U-I-L-A-R. Okay, and Kira K-I-R-A. is... Um, <laughs> A-I-R-A. X, mm-hmm. Aguila, A-G-U... A-G-U-I-L-A-R. And that is... Um, that is your main platform, isn't it? Or your only platform? Or yeah, I have, have that, and then on there are all, all links to everything. So keep it simple. Awesome. So that's um, where people can find you and basically keep up with your <laughs> mad journalism, which I very much encourage people to do because um, Kira is a very um, mad <laughs> journalist, I suppose. A very creative artist and um, her stories are also very fun to watch. Um, I enjoy actually your Instagram stories when you literally post a picture of um, a shelf in a, in a <laughs> shop <laughs> with like bags of like off-brand crisps and uh, bottles of It's all in the details, and... man. <laughs> all the great things. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's kind of the, the, there's a lot of artwork in, in that, isn't there? Because that's, that's part of the mad journalism that yeah, makes up sure. your artwork. And having a having a little camera in my say... pocket definitely helps with that. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I think is amazing about the future. Because um, my granddad was a photographer, and he always talks about like the burden of taking photos years ago. How he had well, not the burden, but like the process. And um, we're so lucky nowadays that um, we all just have something in our pocket that can take yeah. a picture. Yeah, it's definitely good and bad. I started a photographer friend of mine. Um, stopped actually taking photos. Well, it does like video now instead, but just saying, it says always that he like with the with everything turning digital, he lost the like the process and is no longer personal. You're not there like creating as a painter. You create something with your hands, and like if you lose uh, printing and developing after that, it's, it's like unpersonal. Not for everyone, but it was interesting to hear that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you think um, that was a very much like a, uh, when the camera was first invented, like, do you think a lot of painters thought they were going to go out of business, yeah. a lot of drawers? Yeah, people always think that. <laughs> there's, all, there's always a bunch of people that go, that's going to put yeah. me out of business. But people still paint. People still, and it, it made painters become more surreal. Um, but now there's computer Even effects better, that can yeah. make your CGI. picture look like. CGI is putting painters out of business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, I think I had an app on my phone once that would make everything look like it had been painted by um, uh, Dali. No way. Oh, man. That just, that just figured yeah. out my career for me. I'll just do that. We'll take just pictures put it through the Dali put app. Through the app. <laughs> Why bother with anything <laughs> else, man? <laughs> yeah. Kira, I want to la- ask mm-hmm. you one last question. Um, what is a quote that gives you a lot of freedom in life or peace of mind or um, freedom and peace? What, what quote gives you freedom, freedom and peace? Freedom and peace. I have nothing prepared for this. I thought I maybe for sure I'll just come up with something great on the spot, which is a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> freedom and peace. It could be your own quote, or it could be one you've heard. I'm somewhere. trying to imagine all the times that my uh, family members have said interesting things to me to keep me going, and I can't think of a single thing apart from "get your shit together." Okay, let's go with well, it. Well, let's go with that. Get your just shit keep together. it together. That's more nice. It's more friendly. <laughs> keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. <laughs> Is that internally or externally? Because if you keep it together externally, you could be breaking internally. But if you keep it together I think internally, if yeah, figuratively maybe for sure, external. like keeping all of you, all of your your guts in a nice little pile, where things can't, you know, you don't want it to be loose, flopping all over the place. Figuratively, <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's a good quote to go with. And um, I think we've come to the to the end of our um, podcast. All right, Kira, it has been a pleasure it to have you on the for podcast. Me as well. I've been Thank very you. excited. Thank you for having me. Have you on? I've looked forward to it a lot, and um, like I say, it's been it's been a really really great um, experience. It has for me as well, Sam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you as well. Thank you very much for. (laughs) Have a beautiful day. I don't know if it's sunny where you are, but it is where I am and I'm going outside. Yeah, I will be going outside too. I think I'll go to the park. And uh, to all the listeners out there, have a beautiful day or a beautiful night wherever you are in this world. And Kira, it's been a pleasure. Ciao. Thank you. That is all for today. I hope you very much enjoyed that. And I also hope that you subscribe so that you can tune in to the next episode. Also, don't forget to check me out on Instagram. That is at Sam underscore G-E-R-M-A-I-N-E. Sam underscore Germain on Instagram. Tell me what you thought of the episode. And other than that, I hope you have a blessed day. Namaste.